I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me, if you would please, in the Word of God to 1 Peter chapter number 1. We'll begin reading there in just a moment. Uh, Before we do, I do want to say thank you to Dr. Getch for this opportunity. Uh, My heart is stirred and I'm grateful for his counsel. And uh, yesterday he helped me in a great way in in settling and where God was leading and directing uh, for this message. But before we get into the message, I just want to say uh, to our student body, we are still taking applications for those who are interested in going to the Spiritual Leadership Conference in Asia at the end of February, 1st of March. Uh, We do have an update. They're no longer requiring the vaccine for entrance. Uh, You do have to complete a PCR COVID testing 48 hours uh, prior to departure. So if that was a reason that was holding you back, uh, the Lord is taking care of that reason for you. So now uh, you can sign up. If you'd contact Brother Malachi England, uh, he'll be glad to get you the information you need. And uh, we'd like to see many of you go on uh, this trip with us. A lot of what you've heard about uh, this past week during a missions conference, uh, you can go and see with your own eyes and let God confirm in your heart Uh, what he's leading you to do and uh, be able to enjoy uh, not just being a part of the Spiritual Leadership Conference. Dr. Getch and I uh, have spoken about this. We've spoken with Pastor and their heart is for our students not to just attend the conference there but to also get involved with the missions work that the church planners are doing while we're there. And so there, there have been some things that have been added to this trip that's going to allow you to take part in soul winning while we're there and to visit several of the churches uh, before we go into the conference where you will get to meet men uh, from very, very many different parts of the country, different nationalities, missionaries, uh, and ask questions. So I want to encourage you to get involved in that. Uh, And then I've seen a lot of our friends uh, who I met this past summer at Joshua Camps uh, here representing schools and just want to say hello to you guys and let you know we've got information already on the way to you. Uh, about this coming year's Joshua Camps. Have a great lineup, great speakers planned for that again. Uh, And with so many Christian schools here represented today, uh, I just want to let you know Joshua Camps is a great place to encourage your young people to come before they start school back. Uh, It will help them get their hearts prepared uh, for the school year and kind of a spiritual revival for them and the things that we offer. So we'd love to to help you with that. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll, I'll be glad to answer those questions for you. If you don't mind standing, we're just going to read two verses, verse number 18, verse number 19, and then uh, once I finish reading the verses, you can have your seat there. In verse number 18, 1 Peter chapter number 1, the Bible says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot." You can be seated. As we look at this message uh, and we think about these two verses, we'll look at several passages. Uh, and I was talking to Dr. Getch about uh, a couple of messages that I had on, on my heart uh, that I was thinking would be appropriate for today's message coming out of the missions conference. Uh, in the course of that conversation, Dr. Getch made a statement uh, that caused me to go back to my office and really think about the message that I was going to preach. He said this, he said, the Lord will lead you in whatever it is, it'll be good. And I thought in that moment, Lord, I've been telling you what I think that this student body needs to hear today, and I haven't been asking you to tell me what it is that they need to hear. And so I began to pray, and God directed me to this passage. And if you're uh, in the habit of marking things in your Bible, I would like to draw your attention to the phrase there in verse number 19 and ask you maybe to mark this phrase or highlight it, where the Bible says, the precious 
blood of Christ. And we look at that phrase there, what a wonderful expression this phrase is. And I would like to speak to you on the subject of this precious blood in view of our Redeemer who they just sung about that is faithful and true and how that relates to our redemption and how it should relate uh, to your surrendering to God's will for your life, whether that would be planting a church on a foreign field someday or whether that would be a a domestic church plant here uh, in the United States of America. Uh, We've heard some great messages uh, about missions giving. We've heard some great messages challenging us uh, to surrender. We heard a great message yesterday of making sure uh, that we are a clean vessel. Uh, Tuesday night, Dr. Sisk's message was uh, one of the most powerful messages I've heard on missions. And at 89 years old, he he stood and he challenged us to consider not only giving of our finances to mission, but giving ourselves. And to be completely honest with you, it is very difficult uh, for me to sit in these conferences and, and not go to Dr. Getch and Dr. Rasmus and Pastor Chapel and say, here's my resignation. There's a work that still needs to be done on the foreign field. And I believe God could use me to do that. Uh, but I do know within all of my heart that I'm exactly where God wants me to be so that I can help you go to those places and accomplish God's will for your life. And so as I sit and I listen to the messages and I think about all that was shared about missions and the different fields that were presented and the great needs that were there uh, and the challenge from Dr. Sisk, I'm just thinking about why, why, why missions? Why surrender your life? Why give? Uh, what is the whole purpose of this week? What is uh, the purpose of having an emphasis on the calendar to challenge us uh, to go to the mission field? And the why comes back to this passage. It comes back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul said as he went out and he preached, uh, there are lots of things that we draw from the life of Paul. uh, But the one thing I think we should draw most from his life is that he made the comment, we preach Christ. It's all about Jesus There would be no other reason for us to go to the mission field. There would be no other reason uh, for us to give on our finances and our resources. There would be no other reason. There would be no hope if it had not been for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this passage draws our attention to the precious blood of Jesus that was shed. And uh, in this passage, Peter, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uses this word to describe the blood of Jesus. And he says that it is precious And this word to us describes uh, the blood of our Savior. The word precious here means something that is costly or valuable and suggests something uh, of the highest value. In other words, its, its value is so high that when one tries to estimate its worth, it cannot be compared with, and it's not determined uh, to be comparable with anything else, and and it's deemed irreplaceable. Uh, It's seen to be indispensable. And therefore, it's invaluable. Now, we think about the word precious, and, we, and a lot of times we think about a lot of the words in the Bible, and we don't do a word study on it to get the idea of it. But the description that Peter gives to the blood of, uh, the blood of Christ here, precious, is indicating to us uh, that the value of it is so high that the, all the money in the world couldn't purchase it. Uh, there's nothing that has greater value than this blood. It's something that is very, very, very valuable. And while there are many things in this world that uh, men would consider precious, uh, such as 
uh, precious metals like gold and silver. And we heard about some of those values uh, yesterday in the illustration and the message that was given. There are uh, precious stones. There are diamonds and rubies and uh, emeralds and pearls and other uh, stones that are given much value. There are precious deeds that people do that would be considered the works of righteousness. And, and we look at all of these things the world determines as precious, but God's Word says that none of those things are comparable to the blood of Jesus Christ, and none of those things can redeem us from our sins. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. John Phillips said this, John Phillips says, regarding this passage uh, that Peter here is warning uh, about an inadequate means of exchange, an inadequate means of escape in relation to our salvation. He goes on to say that there is only one true medium of exchange that can secure our salvation, and it is something of inestimable value. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You want to know why you should go to the mission field? You should go to the mission field because if you don't go there and you don't preach uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't tell them about this precious blood that has been shed for them, uh, then they will die in their sins and they will go to hell because there is none other way under heaven. Uh, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other means for their salvation as serving uh, for a number of years on the field in Santiago, Chile and watching people come into the National Church of Catholicism uh, time after time after time bringing in their offerings and bringing in their gifts and uh, going into the booths and burning the incense and, and leaving empty and not having any change, not having any hope and uh, watching little ladies that uh, would, would, would cause harm to themselves uh, try to get married to favor them and go uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ on their behalf because no one's ever told them about the precious blood of Jesus that was shed for them. You know why you should consider giving your life to full-time Christian service? Because somebody needs you to tell them about the precious blood of Jesus. They don't need to hear your political view. They don't need to know what your favorite sports team is. They don't want to know anything about your hobbies. What they need to hear about is the precious blood of Jesus. And I want you to see from this passage in 1 Peter, as well as other passages, it, it, Dr. Uh, Dr. Spaeth or Brother Spaeth is, I'm taking this systematic theology class, and I hope I get a good grade on this uh, as we look through uh, this, this passage and we think about other places in the Bible where we read and hear about the precious blood of Christ. And we want to see why it should be precious to us. And I want you to understand that nothing can redeem sinful man apart from the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we have a missions conference. It's, it's to bring an awareness of the need of people to hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing I want us to look at, and we First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, Peter tells us something here. But the precious blood of Christ is the only provision for redemption because of its impeccable source. The blood is precious because its source is precious. The source is none other than the sinless Son of God. Look at what 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 7 say. It says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God, and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up of spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer us 
spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore, also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And I want you to notice something. In this passage, we learn that Jesus Christ is precious to God the Father, as well as to those who have believed on him. And it's important for us to understand just how precious the Son is to the Father. Now, I could pull something out and I could show it to you and it would be it would mean nothing to you. But I have something that my wife gave me on the day of our wedding, July the 25th, 1998. Uh, and she gave me a, she gave me a wallet. And on that wallet, there was a, a, an engraved plate that she had had fastened to it. I wasn't sure why she gave me a wallet. I thought she was setting the expectation that she was expecting that I would have money on me. And that's proven to be true. I no longer have the wallet. After about 20 years of carrying it, 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 it gave up the ghost. It had to be d- done away with. But I still have the plate. And on that plate, it says, to my love, on our day of wedding. And it has the date. And that's precious to me. It means absolutely nothing to you. But it means everything to me. Why? Because of the source, where it came from. And we think about this precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the source of which it came from. Uh, We are able to see why it is so precious. Matthew chapter number 3, verse number 17, we clearly see this. And he says, in a low voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus Christ was not only a beloved son, he was the only begotten son of God. The Bible tells us that in John 3, 16. And because he was the son of God, the blood that he has was very precious. It was invaluable. It was immeasurable. And yet even as precious as the son is to the father, the Bible says that God so loved the world, meaning that he loved you and I. He loved uh, the people of Indonesia and the people of Canada and the people of Mexico and the people of Iraq, even those men who took the life of my dear friend and, and murdered him for his faith. God loves them. And he gave his life. He gave his only begotten son, his beloved son. He he allowed him to shed his precious blood for even those who would take the life of those who love God. That's why missions is the precious blood of Jesus. And as a sacrifice to take our place, Christ paid our sin debt. It's no wonder we look at this passage that Peter would say unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. I'm afraid that some of you don't understand the value of that blood because you've not yet believed in it. Or your belief is wavering or waning. But when you understand how precious that blood is, it'll motivate you to do things you never thought you would consider doing in your life. It'll motivate you to leave a position at a church with one of the greatest pastors and one of the men of greatest integrity this world has ever known, Dr. Dan Reed. And tell your family, I don't know if we'll ever come back, but we're going to go to the mission field. When you understand how precious the blood of Christ is, it'll motivate you to look at someone who you thought you could never live without and say, we're not going in the same direction. It's time for us to part ways. When you understand how precious the blood of Christ is, you'll look at those friends that have been your friends since kindergarten and followed you all the way through college. And you'll say to them, 
Gentlemen, today we have a parting of ways. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. But until you realize, until you believe on the preciousness of the blood of Christ, those decisions will go unmade and will become very difficult. But when you realize how precious the blood of Jesus is, I promise you, they'll be very easy. Not only do we consider the preciousness of the blood of Christ because of its impeccability, but the precious blood of Christ is the only provision for redemption because of its incorruptible substance. The substance of the blood is connected to its source. Notice again what our text says in chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. God is taking things that are, in this passage, he's taking things of this earth that, that are corruptible and he's comparing them uh, to the precious blood of Christ. And, and by doing this, what he's implying to us is that the blood of Christ is incorruptible. It is the corruptible versus the incorruptible that we look in in this passage. And that which is corruptible is incapable of redeeming sinful man. And only that which is incorruptible is able to pay the price for our redemption. And only because of who Jesus Christ is can we be sure uh, that the blood which flowed from his body will never lose its power. Uh, that blood will never be diminished. Uh, that blood will never decay. Uh, that blood will never run out. That source is, is limitless and it's always available because the source is sinless. It's eternal and it's incorruptible. The substance is also sinless and eternal and incorruptible. That's what makes it so precious. M.R. DeHaan said this, he put it this way, he said, uh, the first Adam's blood was corrupted in sin and is in all mankind since God hath made of one blood all nations and uh, therefore sin has made all human blood corruptible. But the blood of the Lord Jesus is sinless blood. And since it is sinless, it is incorruptible for sin brings corruption and where no sin is, there is no corruption. And every drop of blood which flowed in Jesus's body is still in existence and is just as fresh and it was what? when it flowed from his wounded brow and his hands and his feet and his side. And that blood is a fresh blood today as it, as it ever was and it will always be. You don't have to worry about if the blood of Jesus is sufficient to save the sins of the world. It has not lost its power. Remember that when we say the blood of Christ is precious, what we're saying is of it is of great inestimable value. It's worth more than anything else that exists in this world. When we say the blood of Christ is incorruptible, we're saying uh, it, it, is, it is incapable of diminishment and value. The blood of Christ is precious and valuable today as it was the day that it began flowing from uh, in, in the body of, of Christ as a babe in Bethlehem. And uh, it, it's just as precious as it was the day that it left his body as it flowed from his brow and the wounds that was placed on his body as he was beaten and bruised and broken uh, for our sins on the cross of Calvary. Uh, the Calvary, the blood shall never lose its power. That's why you should consider missions. That's why you should consider California for Christ. That's why you should consider going to work in one of these ministries that's represented here today. Because God is going to lead you to people that need to have the precious blood of Jesus applied in their life. And you can rest assured that it's still as powerful today to accomplish its task as it was the day that it left his body. 
The fact that the blood comes from a sinless source, it means it has no capacity for corruption. It helps us to understand how valuable that it is, how immeasurable this efficiency of it is to pay the price of redemption. And then number three, I want you to notice this. The precious blood of Christ is the only provision for redemption because of its immeasurable sufficiency. Once we understand that the blood source is sinless and its saving substance can, uh, can never diminish, we can conclude that it is a sufficient payment for the sin of all mankind. Our text tells us that we have been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. It tells us there in whom we have redemption through His blood. It's through the blood of Christ that man is saved, that man is declared justified, that man experiences uh, redemption. It is through the blood of Jesus that we have forgiveness of sins. There's nothing else but the precious blood of Christ that is sufficient as a payment to satisfy a righteous and holy God. God's word clearly tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And he says, I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the souls. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11. There is no acceptable payment for sin except through the blood. Again, M.R. DeHaan said this. He said, this sinless supernatural blood was the only price of redemption God could accept without violating the integrity of his holy nature. And so we know because we know its source, we can be sure of its sufficiency. We don't have to wonder if it will save the nations of this world. We know that it will because the source of this blood is the Lord Jesus Christ himself who is incorruptible, who never knew sin. His sufficiency is there to accomplish that for which it was given. The blood of Christ was shed for the saving of the souls of all mankind and it's sufficient to save the souls of all mankind. We can be assured that the Father was pleased in the Son and therefore, we can rest assured that because of that, his perfect blood is perfect, therefore, and sufficient to please God and satisfy his requirements for the salvation of the world. God has given us confirmation that he was satisfied with his payment. The proof is in the resurrection. We know his blood is the price to purchase our redemption because the receipt is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. His resurrection is the proof that the price has been paid and accepted. How important those receipts are, right? I, I'll tell you a story about my mother. She experienced her first experience in Lancaster, Dr. Gatch. My mom and dad, they, they, I wish they'd get their own reality show. They make a great comic duo, especially in their travels across the country. They'd, went to, they'd come to visit us for the first time. They were here for Luke's graduation. They went down here to Walmart on Jay and uh, they purchased some items. And in, in the process of purchasing, there was a disagreement about one of the purchases between my mom and my dad. And they forgot about the other items that they'd purchased. And they walked off and left the cart with the items there. They got back home and uh, my dad brought in one bag. And my mother says, James, what are you doing? Where's the other bags? He said, what other bags? This is all you said I could get. <laughs> so there were three other bags in the cart. And they began to argue about that and come to the conclusion that they had purchased three other bags and left those bags in the cart. And my mom said, well, where's the receipt? We'll go back down. We'll show them the receipt and we'll get our items. There was no receipt. 
My dad had threw it in the trash can on the way out of Walmart. They went back to Walmart, asked to speak to the cashier that serviced them and helped them check it out. The items were gone. No one knew where they were at. They had no receipt to show proof of purchase. And so they began to have a conversation with this person, and that person had very little interest in trying to help them resolve the situation, so they asked to speak to a manager. When the manager came, guess what the manager asked for? A receipt. They didn't have the receipt. There was no proof of the transaction that had taken place. So they left without the items that they had purchased. And when we look at the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, His resurrection is the receipt that the precious blood of Christ was sufficient and accepted by God the Father. And then the last thing I want us to look at is we think about this precious blood. The precious blood of Christ is the only provision for redemption because of its inexhaustible supply. Now you think about this. The blood that Jesus shed for the sins of this world will never run dry. In 1 John chapter 2, verse number 2, the Bible tells us that Christ is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You want to understand and you want to know why missions? It's because the precious blood of Christ is inexhaustible. The supply will never run out. There's not a place, there's not a nation, there's not a tribe, there's not a kindred or a tongue or a people group that you could go to that you'll ever have to say, I'm sorry, but we've run out. It's inexhaustible. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6 declares that Christ gave Himself a ransom for all. And then later in, in, the, in the same book, it calls Him the Savior of all men in chapter 4, verse number 10. And Christ died for all men, and His blood is sufficient to provide atonement for all men. It's an inexhaustible supply. And if God has commanded all men everywhere to repent, then there must be a supply of the, uh, the precious atoning blood of Christ that is available uh, to pay the price for all men. Or God would not require that. And he has required it, but he's also provided it. And Hebrews chapter 10 teaches us about the insufficiency of the blood sacrifice of, of the animals to atone for the sins of men. But it speaks of how the sacrifices had to be repeated daily and yearly and time after time and time after time once. And again, there was never a time or a place uh, for the priest to sit down for his work. Uh, his work was never done as he had to continually go in and out and offer those sacrifices. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 10, we are told that we are sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ once for all. We don't have to have it reapplied time and time again. Uh, it, it was a sacrifice that was sufficient. It's a sacrifice that is inexhaustible. And in the context of, the, of this chapter in the book of Hebrews and uh, the book of the Bible, and the Bible is telling us we can see that this means uh, that the precious blood of Jesus Christ, which uh, flows from the offering of the body of Christ, is sufficient to pay the price for all sin, for all men, for all time, for all of eternity. We don't have to question that. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to debate and talk about that. We just have to go forth and preach that. Every 
everybody sits around and wants to talk about how to reach the world with the gospel when God has already given us the way and the means and all that is necessary to accomplish the task. We don't need to talk about it. We need to obey it. I, I, my generation has, has looked at the generation of Dr. Getch and Dr. Rasmussen and said, well, we don't like the way that they did it, but the way that they did it worked because it was a Bible way of doing it. We don't need to debate it. It's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that all men are redeemed, and that will never change. Our message will never change. The method won't. A lot of people talk about different methods, but the Bible says that through the foolishness of preaching, they'll be saved. That's our method. Our means may change. By I mean by that, we might preach the gospel and broadcast it through the internet. It might go out over the radio. It, we might go through like we did in Chile at times and with a bullhorn, and we might go preach it on the street corners. Uh, we might send it out in flyers. We might drive helicopters and drop tracks out. Uh, the means of, uh, may change, but the method and the message is always the same. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and it's preaching that. It's inexhaustible. I have to believe that God who so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life, and then commanded that we go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, has made provision for the atonement of all men, so that the supply of Christ's precious blood would be inexhaustible and available to all men. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible is because I heard a southern preacher make this comment about Mark 16, 15. Go, in the, go into all the world and, and preach the gospel to every creature. He said every creature needs a preacher. That hadn't changed. Every creature needs a preacher to tell them about the precious blood of Jesus. You think about it, it says in Romans in chapter 10, verse 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We don't have to worry about that. As we preach the gospel, we tell people about the precious blood of Jesus. He's already promised that if they will call on him, he will save them. Friends, I, I, I want to share this with you and we'll be finished. There are no substitutes for this precious blood of Christ. The nameplate, I told you, there's not a substitute. I, I, I honestly... Uh, my, my wife lost something one time. Eric, my wife's not in here listening to this issue. All right, I, I'll tell the story then. She lost her, her engagement ring. She says she lost it. And then I went and bought another one that was larger and more costly, and the other one magically reappeared. <laughs> but she did lose it. It came off. She, she had thought that it had, had fell down the drain. I took every drain and pipe and trap apart in that house, and, man, I was a mess. The house was a mess trying to have never found it. And, and gave up on it. She was, she was in tears. And, and, but I told her, I said, you know what? I can't, I can't bear the thought of you not having a ring. And this was on Christmas Eve that she realized she had lost it. The day after Christmas, we went and got another ring. I mean, I tore the whole house apart. I didn't know where it went. She didn't know where it went. Three months later, she really did find it. It was amazing. I, I, just, I don't know how it happened, but it happened. So I took it and I sold it to pay for the other one. <laughs> so I got my money back one way. But you know what? She was upset because it had value to her. But you know, it was, I, I got another ring for her. And she was satisfied. She was happy with that. But you know that little nameplate that I told you about? I lost it one time. Or I couldn't find it. And my whole 
world was turned upside down. So why is something that's so insignificant? It wasn't to me. It was something that I treasured more than anything else that I had. There wasn't anything that I had to have more value than that little nameplate that my wife had given me on the day of our wedding. You say, well, why was that? Because of who gave it to me. When you think about how precious the blood of Christ is, you think about who it is that has given it to us. Remember, the Bible said in 1 Peter, to those who believe in Him, it is precious. Jesus Christ Himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Students, I tell you, we have no access. This world has no access to Him outside of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10. Turn there with me as we finish and close. We already read verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And who, this isn't there, this is the follow-up that I had to that. It says, how shall they hear except they be sent? My question is, who shall we send? If you won't go. If you won't give your life to go and tell someone else about the precious blood, who will? There's no one, nowhere else in this nation right now sitting in any government building or any school or any other university that's even considering giving their life to Jesus. There's a church like Lancaster Baptist Church and those that are represented around here who have the means and the finances to send people around the world to preach the gospel, to tell them about the precious blood of Jesus. The question isn't how shall they go except they be sent. It's who can we send? Where are the young men that will give up on such small dreams to allow God to give them a great vision.